A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. We have to understand God rightly to know him intimately. It is the gospel that orients my thinking on every other issue. You can know if you're trusting in Jesus that every single atom in this universe is working for your good. That's why I'm sticking with Jesus. Not because he always does what I want him to do. I'm sticking with Jesus because I just haven't found any better alternative. Right, we're back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Been nearly a year. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, that's a long sleep. <laughs> but yeah, we're back. New season. Um, new. Yeah, we're back. How, how do you guys feel about being back? I don't think many people thought. I didn't think we were personally going to come back with this Black Brewer podcast, but here we are. You didn't think we we're going to come back? That's yeah. crazy. Man. We're back in the DB studio. No, we were cooking. Well, why? Why did it take so long? We didn't even introduce ourselves. This is how sloppy we are with this podcast. No, no, we were cooking. I think it was always our intention to take a step back. Yeah. Reflect, never rush back in. Trying to provide a quality service. And I think with Femi now in the team. Who's Femi? Yes. Who is Femi? With Femi, Femi in the team, mm. I think we have a quality recruit, you know, addition. Number one draft pick. Femi, hit, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we know for some of, if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard Femi. He's been mm. in a couple episodes, mm-hmm. but now he's actually part of the podcast. So. That's good. I'm excited about that. No, big time. So, Femi, how are yeah. you? Let's let's grill Femi in like 30 seconds. Femi, tell us something interesting about yourself. Something interesting? Those uh, are those awkward work questions. Those yeah, I questions can't lie. Like. You put me on the spot. Something interesting. Um, okay, this is my go-to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm actually not fully Nigerian. Most people assume. Swear down. Yeah, most people assume wow. I'm fully Nigerian. Wow, wow, I know, wow. I know, I know, right? So, um, quick story. Long story short, my dad is half Nigerian, half Jamaican. He's... What his, his mum is Jamaican, um, his dad is Nigerian. They met in England, and then my granddad took my grandma to Nigeria. My grandma lived in Nigeria for uh, uh, close to twenty years. A Jamaican in Nigeria, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So when I went to Nigeria over Christmas, I actually went. Well, we went by the hospital she was working at when she was in Nigeria. So she was a nurse. She, yeah, she was a nurse. She's still alive. Um, she was a nurse, and yeah. So yeah, she's Jamaican. So my dad is half Nigerian, half Jamaican. So that would make me a quarter Jamaican. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. And you yeah. recently went to Jamaica, right? How was that? I haven't been to Jamaica. Oh, you haven't been to Jamaica. Before, oh, yeah. you need to go to Jamaica. My people, my people are missing me. They've been calling me still. They're Do you listen to like reggae, dance, uh, no? Um, Olympic time when it's Olympics, I'm Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the only time. Okay, I've got a question. This is a good question for like a good opening question. You know, Mastermind, the question quiz show on BBC. I thought that was a Jamaican artist. I was. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were testing me. You know what? You know what? I, I said he was a good recruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mastermind. The, the yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. the first round is specialist knowledge. Okay, cool. cool what cool. would your specialist subject be if you were in a Mastermind? Oh, that's a good question. That's, that's a good me. question. You know. Um, I thought about this before because I like quiz shows. Yeah. Um, um, LeBron James could be okay. up there. LeBron James Ooh. would be up there. So anything about LeBron James, I'm a super LeBron fan. Um, or something Man United related. I'm a, uh, clearly I'm a sports person. So yeah. yeah, something Man United related or like LeBron or like NBA, NBA related, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be good. Yeah. Welcome for me to the team. Yeah, thank man. you, thank you, thank you. Edgem Israel, how have you guys been? I've been okay. Yeah. I've been good. Um, long year. It has been. It literally been a year since we mm. podded. 
Cost of living crisis. How's cost of living crisis? Cost of living, inflation. Ten percent. Lost the queen. Lots oh happened. my days! Oh it has been. Yeah, lots happened. Is it, you know? Lots happened. Um, yeah, y- you know, in all things, we give thanks. Uh, I think, yeah, even though a lot's happened mm. to the nation, and I think just individually, everyone's gone through a lot the last year, especially like economically. Gosh, um, Dango, we're still here. We're still smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's in the UK, though. Israel, in the states, how's it been Yo, for you um, in the last year? Yeah, same. It's been a long year. A lot's happened. Uh, finally finishing up seminary. Feels like wow. it's never going to actually end. But uh, I've got two more uh, classes, a Greek class on Hebrews and a Hebrew class on Deuteronomy. And assuming I can finish those, I'll graduate in June. So Come on, it's kind of mad to actually be at the, at the tail end of it. Um yeah, got a baby on the way as well. No, talk to us. August 2023, so that's exciting. And then a big move as well. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be moving back to London too. So come on, it's kind of like three. A lot's three? happening. Yeah, three massive changes, mm. sort of all at once. Um, the next day will probably be a blur, for <laughs> real. But yeah, so yeah, excited for it. But it's been, been a lot of change very rapidly. It's gonna be a blur, especially that Deuch- uh, Hebrews in what's it? Deuteronomy in he- Deuteronomy in Hebrews. Yep. Okay. I didn't mm-hmm. know where to start with that. But wow, that, that's but... fantastic. So you finished your seminary. Yeah, How long yeah. was seminary? Three years, four years? Four. Four years. Twenty nineteen. Wow. Yeah. That went quickly, obviously yeah, COVID. Yeah. And then coming back to London and then having becoming a father as well. That's a lot happening in the <laughs> Oh, that's mad. So you literally the whole ele- like UK election cycle, you literally <laughs> you literally left during election year. <laughs> <laughs> coming back. No, you're coming back <laughs> this year, election next year. But almost like that's like the period you're away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, so much mm-hmm. yeah. So last mm-hmm. time you were here, yeah. we've had like I don't know, God, I don't know, three prime ministers. Three different prime ministers. Yeah. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Was it was it was it twenty nineteen that Boris had just won his yeah. ma- super majority, right? I don't Where you thought he was gonna be there yeah, for like the next decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much has changed. Meanwhile, my guy's in court now, then. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> yo, I really respect Boris. Like, I don't respect him, but the fact that he can be so, like, wrong and strong consistently. Yeah. Like, there's something I respect about it. Like, there's something I respect about it. Like, he's, he's somewhat audacious. Yeah. Audacious is the word. Yeah. yeah that's the word. About Very Boris. bold character. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I do think, like, one thing even in the past year, there's just how, like, there's a demand from society for, like, I guess decency and transparency from politicians mm. and I think maybe that's been brought mm. up because you've had maybe the lesser end of the quality in terms of politicians and that's interesting to see a world that is obviously worldly seeking like sort of like good virtues mm. in politicians um, it's been interesting to watch holding people to account I, I, I think there's been a lot of that in the past year to different degrees yeah. do, you, do you think that's at all linked to just like cancel culture in general though like mm. are, are people is that um, a result of like how we just treat people in general now with like cancel culture? Just like, oh, let's look for the first mistake anyone's going to be. Mm. And that's just um, entered like the political sphere, I guess, as well. Or do you think people are just more virtuous or looking for more virtue? I, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? It's a good question. Cause I don't even, I'm trying to think of what is the origin of cancel culture as well. I think, as it, I don't mm. know, do you can, I think some would say it's the awareness of, of, the world culture, right and wrong, and then being actually being able to have the 
the social kind of reach to hold people account. Mm. So mm. before, if someone in the, I don't know, someone in the political sphere or someone, whoever it was, even in the entertainment industry did something wrong, no one had the pull yeah. to like hold them to account. Yeah. Now I, I could just at someone, if I get enough mm. traction, mm. that true. person actually has to respond. Um, but I just don't know how, how successful is council culture as well? Because it feels like mm. it might be a, a season and then that person's back. JK Rowling mm. is still selling books and that. Yeah. they can't cancel her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they really can't. They and can't. most, a lot of some of these political figures, they they bounce back. Some artists, they might do something, they might say something that's that's problematic and then they might take a break. Like even someone like Kanye, for example, mm. um, with a lot of that happened with him and his company and basically being at the moment shunned, mm. you just think, you know, might quickly go visit a few synagogues and then he's back he's, he's back, back there and <laughs> and it's kind of like how effective is council culture mm. but kind of what what is um Ejim is saying about yeah a lot of people want to they want to mm. know what someone believes and also know who they are as well mm. um way more than I, I think we have in past i think so anyway i agree yeah yeah is mm. what do you think no, Mary, you didn't do your... I was um, going to say, I'm, Mary, how yeah. have you been? Yeah, oh, you have been? I, I've been good, man. I've been good. I think it's just cost of living crisis, I think. Yeah, did you go to Nigeria? I did, mm. I did this here today, actually. I was at Nigeria. Brand yeah. new, it. Wait, Mary said cost of living, but she's talking about spending two... How much are you going to buy your MacBook, <laughs> your new MacBook for? That's and then you got new hair? That's okay. a necessity. That's a necessity. Amazing. I think I'm somewhat shielded because I still live at home with my parents. So I don't know how mm. people who are homeowners or who are renting... Mm. Like inflation's at ten percent. Mm. I enter Sainsbury's ten pounds. I'd leave with two and a half items. Like it's it's just ridiculous. Crazy. <laughs> like, so I, and it's ju- yeah. It's generally I I think of people who are unemployed mm. or who are living paycheck to paycheck, and this is yeah, it's insane. And you, you see, I don't know, ga- gas companies for example are still profiting, still mm. making loads and loads of billions of dollars, but here we are, kind of struggling. But mm. I don't know. It's crazy. It's mad. It is mad. Um, mm. So what is the plan for the season? So Blackberry is back. Why are we back? Like, what are we looking to do? <laughs> I don't know why you guys are coming. <laughs> I know. We're looking at Femi like it's going to... Femi, that was, your, that was the interview question. Yeah, that was slightly... Uh, I'm, 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 I'm we opted out that interview, didn't we? I'm, I'm a star player. <laughs> we talk about practice. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> oh, <laughs> You talk about practice? I'm, I'm a star player. Oh, finished. Uh, no, I'm playing. Um, hard questions, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, tough questions that um Christians get. Um yeah, so we're gonna tackle a few of them. Yeah. 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 And I think I think it'll be good. Um I think even us coming back is because we still think there's a there's a space for discussions, you know, with black British perspective, but looking at Christian worldview. Mm. Um and yeah, one of the things that I don't even know how we came on this topic, but yeah, just thinking about tough questions that mm. Christians face every day and being able to kind of discuss and we may agree disagree have different approaches but at least we can do it on this platform so I think I'm definitely definitely looking forward to it so I think what we're going to do with this season and I'm just going to call this season season five just because we just we're going to do season formats now because this is easier that way <laughs> but I don't know what season we'll be on so let's just go for season five okay um was the last one definitely season four probably not but we never did season, so <laughs> I think after season two we gave up. Oh, so this is going to be season five, and this season is going to be primarily on yeah tough questions, mm. hard questions that Christians face. So I've got a few here. Like, do you think uh, how could a loving God allow so much suffering? Mm. 
Hacking said there's only one true faith. Yeah, I mean, we'll tackle as many as we can. And of course, we'll still have the Alt BB format as well. So kind of introductory question. Do you think Christians are good at tackling hard questions well? Like, What's been your experience of that? Yeah, I think it's di- <clears throat> I think it's difficult. I think so. Do I think Christians have tough questions? Well, um, yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen examples of both. I've seen Christians handle tough questions very well, and I ha- and I've seen maybe not so well. And what do you mean by well? I guess mm. I guess when I was thinking about this, I felt what was what was the obvious go to was I think a Christ like example, like oh, a Christ like response to hard questions. So when we see. Christ answering what is sort of the hard questions of scripture, of the law, uh, you know, seeing how he responded. And in many ways, I think we can learn from him and how we respond today. Um, I think the limit limitations are that when we can never know truly the person who's asking their heart or their motive, uh, obviously Christ does. So we, we won't always get it right in terms of maybe the exact word to say to the, to the question at hand. But at the very least, I think all responses Christians give need to be laced with grace, compassion, but not a compromisation or a compromise word, rather, I don't know if that's even a word, a compromise of the truth. Mm. So I think that's like the basic in my mind. Before then going to detail as to the subject area and the topic you're covering, mm. grace and truth, I think, is my go-to. Yeah. Femi, what's been your experience? Um... It's interesting because when, even when you brought this question up, it made me think about myself and how I've personally dealt with um, tackling tough questions rather than Christians as a whole. Because I think growing up in the faith, I kind of, if I'm being honest, I strayed away from a lot of the tough questions. I feel like I ever felt like there weren't answers for it or I just didn't know the answers. So I, I kind of just avoided them. And I don't know if other Christians do with some questions. I'm not saying on a whole, but... I think when we fail to answer tough questions, sometimes it is just, uh, we just don't know how to, and maybe yeah. we avoid. Um, but then growing up and maturing and just gaining more understanding and reading and um, kind of just being sharpened by a lot of different other things, I've no, I, I've learned that there are answers to a lot of the tough questions. Mm. Um, and I think the battle then becomes, I guess similar to what Edwin was saying in terms of how do you answer those questions with grace, love, um, um, clear explanation because sometimes a lot of what we know might be quite um, muddled up with like super theology or super mm. intellectualism and trying to break it down to make it simple can be can be daunting in itself um, so there, there's that element of it why it can be hard um, and I guess the other element is just the controversy of the specific questions um, yeah. like you know you know what I'm talking about <laughs> like mm. um, in terms of yeah, controversial topics, to, to put it simply, um, and not wanting to answer those questions and feel like you're going to be ostracised, mm. you're going to be um, classed as some kind of phobic or some kind of hate, a bigot or something like that. Mm. So I think there's two there's two ways why I, I say Christians can find it hard and where, where I've found it hard personally. Um, yeah, definitely either not knowing the answers or not knowing how to explain the answers and then straying away from the the, the controversy that comes with mm. answering certain questions. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pressure. Well, I found myself to feel a lot of pressure in sometimes being like the Christian spokesperson. Mm. So mm. I don't know, you're at, you're at a conference and 
you're invited to the stage and they've all the interviewers asking questions mm. and you're just thinking, oh, I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the thing that's gonna mm. that's gonna get people walking away or I'm gonna say the wrong thing or and yeah, for me, similar to you, I've I think I've avoided certain um places and also you just get tired after a while. Mm. Like I love a debate, but I think I have a threshold after a while. Mm. So whereas some people generally love back and forths and conversations after a while I'm a bit tired. So <laughs> I think the pressure I think gets to me and and I think there's been instances in the past where a tough question is being discussed and I'm just like, ooh, I'm mm. not sure. I even, I had one recently with with with, uh, with my brother actually and he was asking me about he was saying to me, Okay, you're you're a Christian but you grew up in a Christian household mm. so it was basically putting putting it to me like, you know, if you were if you were raised in Qatar, mm-hmm. do you think you'd be a Christian? Mm. And I'm like and I was trying to you know, respond to him and say it's it's grace and, and God would have saved me. But that's a tough question that yeah. it's I can't just I have to answer it in a way that mm. is that's winsome and profitable for him. Mm. Um and accurate as well. And mm. I think sometimes that pressure of being wrong or saying the wrong things can be overwhelming for me. Mm. So that's something that I struggle with. So I think this this will even be helpful for me. Israel, are you gonna say something? No, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you all have said. Um, I think the social dynamic is really key there. I, I was going to talk more about, um, I think, the difficulty of having conversations nowadays in general. Uh, but as you as you all were chatting, I, I realised the social tension, the social pressure, um, the sort of social cost nowadays, I think, adds a flavour to it. The first example that came to my mind was Tim Farron mm. and his time as the leader of the Lib Dems where there was, you know, I don't know, maybe a month where he was being um, barraged with questions about theology uh, and he kept saying, I'm not going to answer it because I wasn't elected mm. to be a theologian. Those are theological questions. You can ask me questions about my policies, questions about the Lib Dem party, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, he had to step down because it was just brutal. Um, and I imagine any Christian who sees that, probably sees yeah. that and thinks, if that happens to me at work, mm. it's done for. Like, <laughs> and that just puts a sort of pressure that, you know, if your colleague then asks you the same question, you're immediately thinking, oh, I have to, I have to find a way to be truthful, but not say the thing that I know they want to hear so that they can't shut me down. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was difficult. I don't know how you get through that sort of social tension. There, there doesn't seem to me to be a clear resolution. It's not like, hey, go to this camp and do a five-week training, and therefore you will never feel scared again uh, by your workplace. So I'm still processing it, but what you all have said has kind of taken me on an unexpected left turn <laughs> mentally, trying to think through how to... Why, yeah, why Christians have a hard time with, with difficult questions. What's the name of the, is it Kate? Kate uh, Forbes. Kate yeah, Forbes, Kate yeah, Forbes. yeah, yeah. What, just Scottish, Scottish, candidate, Scottish leadership candidate. Have they had that, like, what happened to that? Sorry, I, I was following no, it. I don't think, I don't think. I, I saw th- some clips of her, like, on, I don't know if these are old. I, they just came up on um, Instagram or TikTok. I don't, I don't think they've seen the leader yet, but they okay. No, no, they haven't done that, no, but... um you see when they were asking her and the two other candidates, I guess, yeah. questions, they were interrogating them. And yeah, I've always found that stuff interesting because I, I like Kate in yeah. terms of how she was answering. But it's kind of like what um, Israel was saying in terms of comparing the other guy. That 
this is not what I'm here for. I'm not here to answer yeah, questions yeah, yeah. about this, but you can't avoid it. So I guess mm. how is it, will it be Kate or whoever's or whatever Christian in that kind of position? Is it her responsibility to answer those questions? Because obviously a lot of the questions put to her are like things about, you know, trans rights and stuff like that. Mm. Um, as a Christian, is, is it her duty to um, give her stance on it or is it, oh, actually, I'm not here to talk about that. Like what, what do you guys think? Like, it's tough because I think the questions are coming because they think that her view is an extension of her policies. Oh, okay, yeah. So they're very much mm-hmm. okay if you yeah. if you become a I don't know what it's called, a Scottish Yeah, 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 yeah. First Minister. First Minister, yeah. your of course your your beliefs as a Christian will it's directly affect linked. Yeah, your I get policies. That. So I think as much as she I think there's some things that she can have like a high level response to of mm. I wanna lead with fairness and equity and kindness and transparency and they're like okay everyone says that but mm. let's go to the <laughs> let's go to the nitty-gritty like what does mm. this mean for xyz mm. um and that's yeah the, that's why the pressure of, of politics is really tough in a way that isn't so for example if I, at my workplace so no if you might ask me a question about something but you're not going to walk away thinking okay because mary believes this now her work's going to be poor mm-hmm. or now i don't know she's not going to come to work on time yeah, 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 whereas yeah. i think for them they're thinking if you're a christian yeah i can kind of tell what the policies yeah, you're going to push or not mm-hmm. for. yeah so, so it just gets a bit sticky i think so do you, so are you saying that there is a different expectation of christians in a poli- political sphere than it would be so like for example like the example you just gave mary would you feel more free to answer those questions because it doesn't affect your work or do you still feel the same pressure of like do I have to answer that question? Like, do I, can I... The thing is, this is just challenging me because when I'm at work, I don't even really talk to these colleagues like that. (laughs) 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 I'm generally doing my work. Are you coming for drinks? I'm going home. So, (laughs) so I don't even know if I'm even in the environments where Mm, these questions are brought up. I think there was one recently where I was invited for drinks and I said, I'm going to like an Easter work event. And my colleague was like, oh, Easter, like Easter. And I think he was able to realise I'm a Christian. From there, we might have a conversation, but, from recent experience, it's really bad, but I'm generally just at work, I'm just chilling. Like, I'm yeah, just, I, I go home. But I couldn't imagine if I was in, in those environments where I am getting asked, asked questions about my faith, I don't think, I mean, they may walk away and may have, and may think I'm a bigot or may have like negative um, views of me and maybe their opinions of me have changed. But I don't think that will affect how I'm perceived with my deliverables. Um, I don't think so. Edgen, what do you think? I think there's more similarity between politicians and, and, and us lay people. I think you're right. I think there's a particular intensity or like um, or motive behind questions to Kate Forbes or Tim Farron because they're not like the Pharisees or Sadducees. You're not trying to ask Christ a question for like a positive reason. You're asking trying to trying yeah, to get trying it, to catch him out, out. trying yeah. to catch yeah. it. Yeah. Christ knew that sometimes mm. and yeah. answered accordingly. I think for us. I think it's, yeah, it's discernment. So, like, there's times where, actually, it's important to contend for the faith. Mm. Like, you know what, whether it's colleague or friend, this one, you're asking me, I need to make it quite clear what I believe about the gospel or believe about the gospel in terms of this specific thing you're speaking of. And I feel like if I was to not do that at that moment, I would be doing disservice to the gospel and even, like, Mm. being ashamed of Christ. Um, But there are environments where maybe, actually, not replying um, could be an option if it's an environment where it's quite aggressive and hostile mm. and actually they're not trying to hear your answer. 
Yeah, mm. it's that gotcha moment. I think that trying to discern that is 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 like a is yeah, that's an exercise in itself. But also, you know what? As Christians, look, I I, I would almost, almost almost always say always encourage others, and I always try and encourage myself through in praying and looking at examples in scripture, just to always be ready to give that answer because, you know, it's better to I think it's better to give an answer in an environment where you're being attacked and they don't want to hear your answer, but you gave an answer as well as you're not giving an answer. And where you should have given an answer because um, uh, the truth is, the, the, the truth is so important to us that I think one way that we show it's important to us is by our willingness to express that truth um, because it supersedes, you know, whatever everyone's talking about in, yeah. in a way. And it is courage and it is like accounting the cost because, yeah, it is going to cost... That social dynamic is also referring to that friendship dynamic. It, 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 it will sometimes be a cutting edge to those things um, and be an offense. But again, even with the truth, we deliver grace and you know, and empathy and compassion. But but truth ultimately. But yeah, so it's, I think politicians talking about that group. I think it's difficult. I, I I still contend. I don't know if we really ever see see ever again in this country or in even just any sort of liberal democracy. Evangelical Christian in high office. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's inc- increasingly super difficult because you can't get away from the intense scrutiny um, that almost paralyzes and cripples what you're trying to do. Not even yeah. in America. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, the, the Christianity in America, is, I don't know about that Christianity. Israel <laughs> can speak more to that. But the the <laughs> political Christianity in America, Israel, can you clarify what that exactly is? Because even me, I don't know. The political what now? The political Christianity. So these the when I see these presidents oh. prayer breakfast or the reverends, I'm always yeah. somewhat I'm always I'm always a bit like are these my politicians first or but anyway, Israel, you know better. Mm-hmm. Let me be careful. No um no, it is it is strange. There's a I'll I'll give a brief response, but there's a book that does a better job. Um sociologist Grace Davis, thinking Exeter, who has a book called Religious America, Secular Europe, and basically how Europe, which has which has lots of state churches like England, Church of England, mm. is more secular than a secular country, America, that's very religious. Mm. And that whole prayer breakfast, all of that stuff, um, I think it's commonly called civil religion. Somehow, mm. historically, religion became part of what it meant to be an American. So patriotism is huge here in ways that I'm actually really uncomfortable with. I don't <laughs> tell too many, too many of, of the American folk I hang out with that. But like, even where we live now, if, you go on, if we go on a walk, uh, my wife and I, Rachel, will go on a walk um, to the park and we'll see flags everywhere, yeah. American flags everywhere. And it's like, listen, I haven't forgotten which country I'm in. Mm. You know, they don't need to remind me every, <laughs> every two houses that I'm in the United States. I know where I am. Um, but that patriotism includes religion. So mm. uh, I can't remember who pointed it out, but there's only one explicitly atheist politician in America across, well, in, in at the federal level, across Supreme Court, Um, executive office and Congress, House of Representatives and Senators. 
and that's um, Bernie Sanders. I was going to say, it has to be Bernie. Every single, every single person, everyone else is religious. At least on paper, they yeah, claim, yeah. you know, Anglican, Catholic, yeah. even Muslim, some, you know, they claim something. Yeah. And it's, you can't be a politician yeah. and be successful in the US without being religious, which is, crazy. is very strange. It's somehow part of what it means to be American is to be religious. Very interesting. So, how do you guys, how do you guys tackle hard questions with your family? Uh, so we've kind of spoken about work. We've talked about like the political sphere, but yeah, hey. I, I think that's the. I think with with my family because they know me, mm. I can't get away. So I'm gonna ask a question. I might think you don't believe that because yeah. you're shouting at me or like you're rude. Like mm. I know. Like so, how do you guys handle? Yeah, how do you guys handle tough questions from family? It's interesting because. Um, I threw so, um so my both my parents live in Nigeria now. Um and we went over Christmas and um I actually threw some tough questions back at them just because <laughs> I don't know, it's Nigerians in it. It's sometimes it's hard to like even when I because I've always wanted to ask them these questions, right? Mm. And um there's that that parent child relationship that we still have. That obviously I love my parents, obviously, yeah. but there's still certain conversations that we just don't have. Like there's mm. so there's some conversations conversations i've never had with my parents mm. that you know god willing if i ever become a father i would definitely have with my children mm. and i'm not blaming them i'm not yeah. like judging them for it but um there's just that dynamic where it's like you don't even ask those questions you don't long story short um i'll make this super short but um i grew up seventh day Adventist, which mm. is um very different uh, if you don't know anything about it i won't go into detail now but um and um so i grew up as a seventh day Adventist until until i got I'd probably say until I went to uni, maybe left uni, and then I would probably say I kind of just left in my mind. Anyway, even if I physically didn't leave, I left my mind. Anyway, that's not even the point. But um, so when I went to Nigeria recently, I actually just challenged like my mum first and then my dad about some of the beliefs that they had and just asked them like, why like, why did you guys believe this? Or why did you guys do this? Why did you guys do that? And they were way more receptive than I thought they were going mm, to be. But yeah. I was... Um, I was like hesitant at first because I didn't want them to think like, oh, like who's this? Who's who are you to tell me like, blah blah yeah. blah, blah blah. But they were so much more receptive um, to those questions. And my mum, I would say, you know, is still like a Christian. Mm. My dad, since he doesn't, he's not. He probably won't call himself a Seventh Adventist anymore. Mm. But I don't know what he would call himself mm. at this point. Um, so I would love to have more of those like conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's weird just because it's it's like, how do you? I don't know, maybe you guys find it easier, but I like I find it hard to approach my parents um with those questions. So yeah, that's that's my experience anyway. Family don't leave either. Mm. You might have yeah. a discussion at work and yeah, yeah, that's it. You mm. might the next day you might say, Hey Sam, and then you might smile, you might see them at and then when you're getting some tea, but you will see family again. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. So Adrian, how do you how do you manage like tough questions from family? If you if all friends, it could be friends. If if I've been able to manage it, I don't <clears throat> I don't think I've been able to manage it like yeah in, in the most ideal way. And that's I, and you hit the nail on the head, Mary. It's the scrutiny. It's because mm. you know you you have the conversation, but same with like street evangelism or mm. talking to colleagues. It's sort of that interaction, that transaction, and then you go, you drop the seed and you go. But with with home, sorry, <clears throat> with home, have the conversation. Conversation finishes. And they see you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And they already know the things that make you act, behave like this, behave like that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
they're, they're understanding what you're saying or hearing what you're saying in that whole sort of, that package, that whole context of who you are, not just what you're saying. Sometimes who you who they know you to be speaks more loudly than what you're even mm. saying. Yeah. And that's mm. a real challenge. Mm. Um, I've had convos in my family, yeah, about, you know, we're talking about trying issues. Even recently we were like, mum, about like, what, what we think the Bible says about like spiritual gifts, etc. And I think what helps is, I do think age helps. I think, as as I've gotten older, I do think it's more of like, you know, thank, thanks be the God for relationship I have my mum, but it is more like a, a friendship, not not quite peer-to-peer, but it, feels, it does feel like a bit yeah, peer-to-peer. Yeah. And I think mum hears me when I talk to her. Mm. Also because, like, hopefully I have shown that I do take this faith seriously to a degree. Like, I don't just, I don't just say I'm Christian and I live one way. Mm. Hopefully my life has shown that I actually am, some, I show some level of devotion to this. So she sort of, comes from a position where okay david must know something of what he's saying because he lives it mm. so ho- hopefully that's what she sees, she sees so i think it's i think there's i think 90 percent of the work is almost just making sure you're visibly living that peaceable life mm. you know christian life and i think the conversation is much easier when they're able to match what you're saying to how you're living and there's that noise of like knowing who you really are um, because in a way you become defensive because you're obviously you know you're talking through that noise as well and you want to overcompensate because you know you want them to hear that particularly not sort of see you and it's, it's it can be very challenging in the home um, but yeah I guess and also just approach every conversation with prayer for hearts yeah. to be softened you know what yeah. I mean but it's the hardest as my pastor says the hardest constituency to speak to is your family mm-hmm. for yeah sure. for sure for mm-hmm. sure yeah, it, it's it's tough. Um, but I think for me, I think as I've gotten older, similar to you, Edgem, I've realized not every conversation yeah, yeah. is necessary. You kind of have to pick your battles. Yeah, and yeah. I think before, like when I would speak to my my family, I'd always feel the pressure of having to be right and never yeah. having and and there's times where yeah, you, you listen to them, you listen to some of the the, the points they have, and you and you say, yep, yeah, cool. Mm. And then and there's other times where you can come back at them, you ask some tough questions yourself. And yeah, and, it's, and you just hope for more opportunities. Mm. Um, so even the example with my brother when he was asking me, like, you know, if you were born in Qatar or another country, would you mm. think? Do you think you'd be a Muslim or a Christian? And yeah, we had a conversation, and then yeah, we spoke about something else after, yeah. and then yeah, you yeah. might talk about Christianity again, and you're just praying mm. for those opportunities um, where yeah, your witness can can match up with your life as well. Is what you're gonna say, son? Yeah, um, I mean, I think that. Uh, Piece about lifestyles, but the, the most crucial, crucial part. Um, yeah, there was a was it? Yeah, there, there was Aristotle. I think who said, and um, not I think was Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed this. He's <laughs> just his people knowledge. He's back. <laughs> it, 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 it was um, Aristotle outlined persuasion along three lines: logos, pathos, and ethos. Ethos, come on. You know, logos being the being that yeah ethos is the core part yeah. i think for persuasion with family the the structure of your argument or mm. um the sort of authority that you appeal to mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything mm. al- unless your lifestyle and your actual ethics matches yeah um, and even paul says it in first corinthians i think that one i'm not sure i have to double check um where he he speaks to those who's Spouses are not Christians, and he's and this and he says, well, if they if they're not going to leave, um, try and win them over by your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That actually by by embodying the Christian faith, you can convince them of the Christian faith. And he doesn't tell them to 
you know, do what he does in Act 17 and uh, make a case based on natural law and um, argumentation. He says you have to live out the Christian faith if you're going to convince the person that you live with <laughs> that Christ indeed is Lord. So, like, yeah, I, I, but that's also the hardest thing, I think. Mm. It's easy to come up with a, with a strong argument logically, mm. but to actually be consistent with your beliefs is probably the hardest type of apologetics um, to do. And I think that's probably why it feels so difficult because the family can call it out straight away. Mm. Mm. You're talking about justice and how Christianity is the only worldview that really explains us as well. And then, you know, your, your brother says, but well, you ain't never done nothing <laughs> for justice. <laughs> like, so clearly you're saying this, but you don't believe any of it. You don't do none of it. So why should I take it as my um, faith to now live out? Yeah. yeah. And I think black homes, because obviously talk is, it's only about black homes where we're from. I think don't let, just because we now know small theology, <clears throat> we still need to respect the fact that there are parents Sometimes for me, mm. uh, for some weird deluded reason, you sort of think now you know the theology, the scale is somewhat balanced in terms of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Don't talk to me like that, mum. Do, do, do you know what I know? Like, I know Luther. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> I, know so, I said I know Luther. Mum says, mum, who are you reading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's, that's arrogance. And that yeah, puffs, and that is not why we are trying to like learn more of the scriptures. It's not to make mom dad feel less and you feel like you've arrived no that isn't it and i think that's also that's also a gospel blocker yeah. so even being humble in what mm. you know mm. communicates mm. i think it's first peter so you you were mentioning israel it says something similar in first peter about the wives wives living with husbands oh, yeah. if husbands yeah, yeah, yeah. behaving a bit funny mm-hmm. but i agree I agree i, I, I think sorry just to add to, i think i guess in general like speaking about the rest of the season i think it there can easily be like a pride, like a pride, an arrogance, that's a better word, an arrogance in feeling like you know all the answers mm. to these hard questions. Yeah. And that can come out in however you answer them, how you approach them. I don't, and I don't think that should be the goal of us. Yeah. And, and sometimes, even if it isn't just arrogance, it's like, oh, if, if I know all the answers to all these hard questions, then I'm going to be able to win all these yeah. people over. And if I've been able to explain it the best way, that means I'm going to be able to win this person over. Yeah. And actually, that's not that's not what does the saving either. Um, so I think trying to remove that, yes, you do want to be able to answer these questions and contend for the faith and all mm. that stuff. But at the same time, yeah, remove, you know, ego out of it, remove our own knowledge out of it and mm. just know that, you know, it's God working through us. Um, and it's only God that does the saving anyway so yeah. Um, yeah and I think if you have that attitude a lot of the time you, you don't necessarily need to worry about where the intentions of the questions are coming from mm. even though it's helpful sometimes to know because yeah, sometimes people real. are just trying to trap you and yeah. make you look a certain way so it's helpful but you know if you have that in mind that actually it's not me for real. Um, then yeah it might be a bit easier yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's a good place to stop actually so that was a good introduction so I think the aim of the season is that, yeah, we're going to tackle some hard questions. We'll go into some specific questions. We'll be using actually Confronting Christianity by Rebecca. I want to make sure I quote this girl accurately. McCloggan, apologies if I said your name wrong, but some of the questions we'll pick out. So aren't we better off without religion? Does, doesn't religion hinder morality? Doesn't religion cause violence? Isn't Christianity homophobic? We'll pick a few. 
we'll tackle it. If you guys want us to um tackle some more hard questions, send it to us, please. Um, but yeah, that was the first episode back. Season five. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> How long is that? How many minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I don't do, know. when do I get my um payment? Do I invoice? Payment. Who uh, am I invoicing? <laughs> <laughs> I heard I was on a... 30 minutes. This is a new BB. <laughs> new BB. 30 minutes. <laughs> I, like, hey. I like how we just talked over the fact that... Favourite us. Spotify. Yeah, Femi. Can we turn Femi's mic down? Spotify, <laughs> SoundCloud, Apple Music. Where you get podcasts from? Hello. <laughs> oh, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, man. Love it, love it guys. Well done.